Again, and welcome to Podventure Time. Hello. Hey, uh, I'm Pat. And I'm Ben. Ben, what are we doing on this podcast? We talk about the show Adventure Time. We talk about it because you are making me watch it. That's right. I actually, I was thinking about Clockwork Orange Rigs this week for some reason. Okay. I think it had to do with the police down here. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I'm imagining you with, with a clockwork orange rig of some kind strapped to your face, forcing you to watch a silly cartoon show. Yeah, it's, it's not that extreme, but yeah, that's, a, that's fine. Let, no, let's go with that. Let's go with that. That's what you're doing to me. Okay. That's what you're doing to me. All right. Clockwork so it's, orange, it's so. kind of a reconditioning, brainwashing type situation. Yeah. Yeah. It should be fun. But yeah, if you haven't been listening, that's what we do here. We talk about Adventure Time. We do two episodes at a time. I have never watched the show uh, up to the point where we started doing the podcast. So we we do two episodes at a time, and we're making our way through the first season right now. Yeah, and I have seen every episode of Adventure Time multiple times, or at least the ones that are available on Hulu. So the conceit here is that I'm talking Ben into being an Adventure Time fan. Let's go ahead and hop right into our episodes. Uh, yeah. We're looking at 23 and 24 in season one, and the uh, episode 23 was called Rainy Day Daydream. Why don't you go ahead and tell us what happened? You might call this the bottle episode of Adventure Time. Finn and Jake are trapped in their treehouse because of a inclement weather. Yeah, knife storm. Yeah, the most inclement of inclement weather. Knives falling from <laughs> the sky. Finn decides... Sorry. Jake decides he wants to play an imagination game. Finn is reticent, but Jake is persistent. Persistent to the point where Jake's imagination is so powerful that he starts creating realities that then the adventurers have to deal with. Yeah, Jake's Jake's imagination takes off and starts threatening them. But tell me more about uh, this bottle episode concept. Oh, so are you familiar with the bottle episode concept is a term from like, usually from like sitcom television. It's a, it's a way to cut the costs of production. It's your, it's your standard. Oh, okay. Locked it's your, in the closet. Locked in the closet. Oh man. Like, well, we've got some time here because janitor, yeah. janitor Ralph won't come back and unlock the school until 8 a.m. So. Oh gosh, Turk, I guess we're going to have to reminisce. We might just have to reminisce about old things we've done and just do some cutaways. That is a bottle episode. Gotcha. Yeah. And I, I, I see the parallels here. Yeah. So you get, you can use one set. Uh, you don't have to jump around a different pay for that. So, I mean, this was not a cut. This was this was definitely not a recap show or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, we didn't do any reminiscing. No, but because Adventure Time is an animated show, and so we can have all the sets that we want. Yeah, and we did not. Although I did kind of think it like I thought like the the concept that all of these things that Jake and Finn had to fight were essentially invisible. That does save on animating costs. No, oh, um, that's true. So, like, you didn't have to draw it. Like, all you had to do was draw Finn and Jake a bunch. We don't get to see the bazooka goblin. We don't see anything, really. They only, they only give you a few tastes of what Jake's actually seeing in his imagination. So, anyway, I'm going to call it a bottle episode, as much as you can yep. have one in animation. 
That is fair. So that was the episode. We could talk about different parts of it, but that was the general gist of it. They have their own little adventure trying to essentially shut off Jake's imagination. Yeah, it turns out that Jake's imagination is basically another quest. He can't turn it off on his own, but he does manage to cook up a imagination on-off switch, which they then have to journey toward fighting off all kinds of uh, invisible to the viewer and to Finn, yeah. uh, villains and attackers. <laughs> yeah, which, I mean, if you stop and think about that, that I sat and sat thought about that for a while, that Jake... This is, it was sort of like a can Jesus microwave a burrito so hot that even he can't eat it kind of question. Like, <laughs> like can Jake imagine a button that turns off his own imagination? Like that's that's the meta that's the meta stuff. Yeah. So I'll just jump right into one of my questions. Do you think any of this really happened in the universe of the show? Oh. Or was Finn merely having sort of a um a cooperative, imaginative experience with Jake the whole time. Did Finn just yes and the shit out of that? Um, right. Ooh. I I mean, I think I, I think it happened because they they certainly set it up that uh, that Finn was not an imaginative person. Yeah. In fact, this, this is one of my favorite lines from the entire series. Finn is very, very against imagination when Jake says that that's what he wants to do because Finn is just, he's happy enough in the real world. He thinks that he's got plenty of things to do there. And he says, imagination is for turbo nerds who can't handle how kick-butt reality is. Uh, so Finn seems to think that uh, imagining things is giving up on reality, which is, you know, still pretty kick-butt. Yeah, and I have two thoughts about that. One being... If my theory, my ongoing theory about this whole world being a uh, an escapist fantasy of of uh, of Finns, you're anticipating my other question about this episode for you. Okay, well, if we accept my reality, if we accept my theory that this is all an imagination built of Finns, the fact that he's imagining himself as a non-imaginative person in his imagination world is yeah, awesome. It's just paradoxes all over the place <laughs> yeah, it's, in this episode. It's pretty awesome. My second thought is that I like that you said that that's one of your favorite quotes of the whole series because it hit me like square in the nuts. Not least of which what because I recently started playing Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> which is essentially what Jake and Finn did this episode. They played yeah. Dungeons and Dragons. So... I actually have, have thought a few times about starting to play Dungeons & Dragons, like it seems to be sort of a thing now, but I don't think that I have a suitable imagination to uh, make it happen. Okay, well, sidetrack, we can probably make it happen. I had the exact same thoughts. Actually, uh, I'd actually really highly recommend that you or anyone else listen to um, the McElroy Brothers podcast called The Adventure Zone. Oh gosh, it's so good. It's, you listen to The Adventure Zone? Yeah. Oh, awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Did you listen to the whole arc? No, I've only made it. Uh, I'm in the. I just started the final arc. Oh my god! Oh it's man, so good. it's so good. Like I cry sometimes. Like listening. Like I have like those sensations. Like when you're watching a cartoon and like the heroes show up and you're like, yeah, here they come. Like I've mm -hmm. had. I have those. Anywho, now we're talking about. I, now we're talking about. I a whole literally. I literally cried at the finale episode. Man. So, anywho. Um, Back to imagination, ours. Right, back to ends. this, back to our podcast. Uh, anywho, Dungeons and Dragons, I think it's, 
I think you should play, and I will admit, and like you said, like it's kind of a thing now. And I think uh, the reason I brought up the McElroy brothers is because they had a line in their podcast that was like, it, like Dungeons and Dragons used to kind of be like the last bastion of nerdrum. Like, oh, at least I don't play Dungeons and Dragons. Like, I'm not that big of a nerd. Right. But like now, LARPing is a thing. <laughs> So, so like, <laughs> there's always something like, worse you can do. Right. Like, the magic of the internet has made us aware that there's like things way nerdier than Dungeons and Dragons. And so now it's like, okay, now it's like up on this level of like, well, at least you don't LARP. That's true. <laughs> so, and so like, you could feel fine playing it. You don't have to feel like you have to turn in all of your cool cards. Oh, God, I ran out of those so long ago. Anyway, like, that's why this thing kicked me square in the nuts because, like, oh, God, like, I just started doing this. And not that I'm going to, I don't know that I'm going to keep playing Dungeons and Dragons forever, but. I do play, and I find it enjoyable. And for him to say, imagination is for turbo nerds, it was like, well, you're not wrong, but that was mean. <laughs> yeah. Um, and honestly, it's one of my favorite quotes because I feel like I have a really hard time getting out of that mindset. Yeah. Um, and this is another thing that I wanted to talk about is, is towards the end of the episode, Finn realizes that the only way that he can fix Jake, and we should mention that um, after Finn flips jake's imagination off jake becomes a like mostly useless character and we can talk about that and obviously it upsets finn he wonders where jake's bombastic personality was but to skip over that for a second finn ends up having to imagine another on off switch for for jake and so we see finn's imagination and my i think that finn doesn't and this this definitely applies to me finn seems too self-conscious to imagine at least out loud he warns mm. Jake beforehand, you know, like, if, if there's anything dainty in my imagination, you know, you just ignore it. Yeah. And so I think that, that Finn knows that he has all these things in, in his subconscious, probably, but is suppressing them by focusing solely on reality. Uh, and I know that, like, the reason that I say I lack the, the imagination to play Dungeons & Dragons is because I would be too self-conscious to, like, you know, inhabit a character or anything, I think. Uh, yeah, no, I totally get that. I totally get that. And... um we will talk about that later off podcast, but the um, I totally get where you're coming from, and I think that it's it's just I think Finn is Finn is so in the moment that like it's maybe it's tough for him to imagine other moments. I don't know, like maybe it's it, he is right. just so present. In some episodes, he's very self-conscious. He's very self-aware of what his limitations are. In other episodes, we see him completely unaware of uh, of his own of his own shortcomings. So yeah, yeah, we we do get into Finn's head a lot, though, yeah. and I think that yeah. this episode, particularly when we had all of the dainty characters pop yeah. up in Finn's subconscious, I think it reveals quite a bit about um, yeah. who Finn is and exactly why he behaves the way that he does sometimes. And you know, he's he's got dainty demons that he's fighting. Definitely. The fact that I will bring up the fact that he can construct a button in his own imagination that affects Jake's imagination. Uh, I'll, I'll add that into my, into my, I don't know what we call it at this point. My, my extra universe theory or something, my multi, my multiverse theory of adventure time. That would imply that they share a consciousness, which would, would be, which in one way you could interpret that they're just really great friends and they share a consciousness in that sense of things. Like they're just like in sync so much, but right. 
in my multiverse theory, you could at- I could I could attribute that to well because they in fact are of the same consciousness because this is all happening in Finn's head. Right. If if Jake is just a figment of Finn's imagination, then right. Of course, Finn can uh, imagine ultimate power for himself in in that universe. Indeed. Indeed. And so I, I think that we should address the the lesson that we learn in this episode, which to me seems like hey. Imagination's okay. Like, play Dungeons and Dragons. That's right. Uh, because uh, once Finn switches off Jake's imagination, Jake becomes a very monotonous and lifeless character. Yeah, they sh- I mean, it's like he shuts off his right hemisphere of his brain, the, create- the creative hemisphere, right? Like, he just becomes a, log- a logical, monotonous, droning dude. Right, so even music to him... As long as it's making noise, it's fine. So he just plays one note. Right. Yeah. No. I. I, I think. Uh, I think that's a good lesson to learn. And I would be fine. I would be fine having my kid watch watch this particular episode because I think that's. Yeah. A, I think that's a good lesson. So imagination isn't for turbo nerds after all. Well, it, it could be, but that's okay. Like you can just own that. I like this episode. I got invested in it mostly because it insulted a recent life choice I had made, but <laughs> but I got into it because of that, and then uh, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I, I like this one as well. Regardless of whether there are you know meta imaginations going on here, the the way that Finn and Jake do seem to share a consciousness is something that I really liked about this episode as well. Yeah, totally. Oh, my favorite joke actually happened right at the beginning. When they go out and see the knife storm, uh, like Finn like explodes through a door, and yeah. and I can't remember what he says, but then Jake walks through and like delivers like the most like Barry White soul soul man line that's like it's like oh yeah <laughs> he just <laughs> drops it drops like four octaves and right off the bat I was like okay you've got me for this one. Yeah, and then uh, I like Finn's to-do list for the day that he's written on his arm, which is like doing backflips and yes. going to beat up goblins and everything. But yes. it all gets ruined by the knife storm, and down the rabbit hole of imagination we go. Yep. This one gets a thumbs up from me. I really enjoyed it. Thumbs up. Yep, indeed. Well. All right. That was easy. Yeah, that one went That one that went, went down. Well. That went yeah. down smooth. We are imaginative dudes. That's right. We share a consciousness. <laughs> <laughs> but what does that mean? Which is why the podcast is only funny to us. Right. What uh what does that mean? Does that mean, <laughs> does that mean this is all the, one of our own imaginations? Oh if, man. If it's yours, why did you imagine me with kids? <laughs> <laughs> um the I could, I could be living my life the <laughs> the next episode. Maybe we should get into that before I get too dark. Um, Season one, episode twenty-four. All right, Ben dies. <laughs> uh, so, real episode twenty-four. Are we actually on twenty-four? Yeah, we've got like two left in the after this. Yeah, yeah, man, we are at the right, bumping up right at the end of season one. You have to, you have to decouple me from your Clockwork Orange rig, but we're not there yet. Still get to sit in that sweet, sweet. I chair that you hold my eyes open. Um, this episode is now. What was the name of the, this episode? Season one, episode twenty-four is called "What Have You Done?" What have you done? That's right. Man, this one, this one was. Uh, 
was also good, but in a different way. It was, um, well, let's talk about the gist of it first, and then we can get into what we thought. Uh, Yep. The gist of the episode is that Finn and Jake have captured the Ice King at the behest of Princess Bubblegum. And yep, and and I I want to interrupt you and yeah. just point out that every time we get a glimpse into Ice King's personal life, it is completely delightful to me. <laughs> uh, this time, I think he's like doing a a jigsaw puzzle on his bed, yes. um, and there are neon pink neon pink is involved. I don't remember exactly what objects he has around him, but he's further behaving like a teenage girl when he is alone. Yes, uh, <laughs> and they they trap him. They trap him with the. With the old fake peanut brittle can trick, I suppose. And it, it ruins the Ice King's faith in can, canned peanut brittle. <laughs> right. Yep. But either way, they trap him and they carry him to the Bubblegum Kingdom? Candyland? Candy, candy Kingdom. Candyland. Yeah, Candy Kingdom. To, uh, the, to the bubblegum palace. I'm just going to keep saying bubblegum. Uh, That's fine. Yeah. This is a uh, big, big episode for Princess Bubblegum. Yes. When they meet, where they meet Princess Bubblegum, who is pretty maniacal about, or pretty, yeah, maniacal, kind of ominous about making sure that they get pr- the Ice King straight to the dungeon so that they can torture him. Yeah, she straight up is like, we're just going to beat the crap out of him when we get him down to the dungeon. Yeah. Um, and I think it's it's cool to note that the first time we see PB in this episode, she is wearing a plague mask. Yes, that's right. She is walking through the streets, spraying the town while wearing a plague mask. Yeah, so something's going on, and yep. PB right off the bat is not interested in pursuing justice for the Ice King, which is uh, kind of where we start to learn our lesson in this episode. Right. We end up we end up with Finn and Jake playing Jailer. That's Jailer with a like old timey like G A O L E R Jailer like I always see in old books that I read. Uh, Jailer. They. I love it yeah. when Ice King calls Finn boss. Yeah. It's a it's a cool hand Luke shout out in my mind, yep. and that's my favorite movie. So yeah, is it time for my hour in the yard, boss? <laughs> so. Fantastic. So they're uh, basically guarding him, guarding his cell as it is, and they end up in a bit of uh, morality discussion about who should be in jail in this instance because the Ice King maintains that he did nothing wrong. He actually even concedes... Recently. Recently. He even concedes that usually this is the totally the normal thing that should be happening, that he has done something that... Uh, I think he says, like, usually uh, I trespass on one of your meaningless rules, and, <laughs> and then you uh, dole out punishment or something like that. And, and Finn agrees. He said, yeah, you do something wrong, and then I, I punish you. And then, Yeah, Ice King has this sort of nihilistic take on, on everything, yeah. uh, which really, I think, comes from the sort of... Uh, I think the the show's growing up a little bit here because... The good guy, bad guy distinction is what we're exploring here. Ice King seems to have a pretty nihilistic vision of what is good and bad. You know, your rules are meaningless, and so when I transgress against them, then you get to say that you're good and come arrest me. But I haven't done anything bad recently. Right. And this rocks uh, Finn to his core, and Ice King even says as much. He says, I've rocked you to your core. I think I've rocked, I've rocked your worldview to its core. 
Yeah, I'm rocking your worldview, I think yeah. is what he says. Yeah. So, yeah, but it's true. He, Finn, has, Finn is now completely thrown into self-doubt because of this. He, if, if it's true that the Ice King has done nothing to deserve punishment, then by preemptively punishing him, as PB has, has requested, it is in fact Finn and Jake who have become the bad guys. Right. And and you know what? So I think this episode's just full of kismet because I noticed that Finn declares beating up the Ice King without him having committed a recent crime is against Finn's alignment. And I actually underlined that word thinking that I would tell you what it was, but now that I know you're a hardcore D and D player. Oh shit, yeah, I know now I know that now I know that the nerd meaning of that word, yeah. Yeah, so what uh what what's your character's alignment when oh. you're playing D and D? Oh, okay, yeah. He's well he's lawful good. I even tried to make him like lawful neutral, but like I couldn't like it just like I like I didn't have the imagination to make someone be like only only want to be doing good when it like lawful neutral is more like you I'm probably going to I'm going to describe it and then all of our listeners who are D&D enthusiasts are going to be like that's not right but uh lawful neutral would be like you try to do what's right and you do what you think is sort of fair or you think what someone does it's almost like you give people what they deserve and nothing more but you don't right you follow the rules yeah yeah but you're not you're not concerned necessarily with what's right and what's wrong like i think yeah tell me if i'm wrong here but a a lawful good aligned character or or lawful neutral um would follow the law even when it was bad yeah yeah, lawful neutral. What I suppose. So yeah. lawful good actually, is always trying to do. It's always trying to do what is expected. What is it? What it, what society would deem to be right. Like lawful. Right. Finn is definitely like lawful good. Well, he at least he views himself as incredibly lawful good. Yes, and actually, I I recently took a. Um, an online rather extensive actually online quiz to find out what my alignment was. Oh and, yeah. No surprise, I was uh, chaotic good, or as I call it, anarchist with a heart of gold. Yes, very good. Nice. <laughs> I am not interested in your silly rules, but I will do what I believe is right. So, let's see. I suppose Ice King is probably chaotic evil. Yeah, does what he wants when he wants. Yeah, and he makes it clear that rules don't interest him, except in so far as he has to suffer if he breaks them. But he doesn't mm-hmm. seem to believe that doing so is inherently wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, man, Dungeons & Dragons just, like... I mean, it makes sense that we've now at least... we It's been... It's surprising that we haven't hit on Dungeons & Dragons until now, essentially. Like, this whole show is one big... Yeah, and, and there are so many references to yeah. fantasy tropes, a uh, lot of which I think either come from or were adopted by Dungeons & Dragons. Oh, uh, man. I think... They drop references like that all the time if you're looking out for them. Yeah, I mean, I think... Just what I've learned about Dungeons and Dragons, I think like most most fantasy stuff is stealing right from Dungeons and Dragons at this point. I yep. Mean, in terms of uh, like the the structure of a fantasy game story kind of thing. Um, right. Anywho, this episode of Pod Adventure Time has been brought to you by Dungeons and Dragons. Um, the try it. <laughs> try it. Not just for turbo nerds. <laughs> Uh, all right, back to the episode. They are 
they, Ice King and Finn and Jake, are locked in this uh, morality discussion, and Finn essentially decides, you know what? We've got to let the Ice King go. It is the right thing to do. And in fact, not only do we need to let him go, but we need to put ourselves in jail as punishment for our crime of undeserved punishment. Yeah, I think uh, this is a good example of Finn tends to learn lessons and then take them to extremes. Yeah, so totally. he doesn't just learn that he should let Ice King go, but he says, you know, in fact, we're the bad guys now. And so he locks them, Finn and Jake, into the cell and Ice King takes off, happy to be free and also believing that Finn freed him because they are best friends now, or as Ice King refers to them, bosoms. Yeah, I am no man's bosom is a, fa- <laughs> is a fantastic line. Yeah, the, the, so we're back to the Ice King in his uh, psychosis of imagining that like every interaction he has with Finn and Jake, no matter how abusive or how many times they beat him up, that like every interaction is bringing them closer and closer together as best friends, essentially. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ice King is more and more just an obvious... Well, we, we determined a long time ago that he's a sociopath, right. but he's so narcissistic as well. Yep. That, you know, it, it everything is about him and everything that Finn and Jake do to or uh, surrounding him is, you know, Ice King only sees how it affects him. And, and typically, uh, when he's not transgressing their meaningless rules, he thinks he's best buds with Finn and Jake because that's what he wants. Yep. So we then, we've we've hit the last the last act of the show, I suppose, the last part of it where now Princess Bubblegum comes back expecting to find... Her prisoner, uh, the wearing ice some threatening gauntlets. Yes, threatening but like lovely gauntlets. Nice hearts, some ruby hearts uh, in, embedded in there. Very nice. She comes ready to beat, a, do some pounding, and uh, finds Finn and Jake in the jail cell, and she is upset. Yeah. Uh... I was going to say justifiably so, but I suppose it's a deeper discussion whether she's justifiably upset. But she certainly uh, behaves like a monarch and expects her commands to be followed, and Finn and Jake fail miserably at carrying out her command to keep the Ice King in jail. So she is pissed. Yeah. But we find out that she has a reason. Right. I think this is classic classic Yoda fear, fear leading to hatred kind of of action happening. She's She's angry because she's scared. And uh, yeah, and this is classic dark side. The reason she's scared is because her people are sick, and the reason her people are sick is that they have I can't like ice fever or something like freezer that. burn flu. F- freezer burn flu, right? They are they are in enca- some of them are encased in ice, and the way they got that way is because of the Ice King. Yeah, he he decided that. I can't quite tell if it's actually snow or just his dandruff coming out of his oh, beard, but he he sprinkles it on the yeah. yeah he he sprinkles it on the candy kingdom, declares that it's snowing, and then uh, all of the candy people except for Princess Bubblegum catch freezer burn fever, and Princess Bubblegum is out to cure them, which is why she has captured Ice King. Right, and it turns out that the only cure for freezer burn fever is more cowbell. No, it's uh, the <laughs> it is the pained whales. Of the Ice King is the cure for freezer burn fever, so she yeah. she was going to torture him in a very Prince Machiavelli kind of the ends justify the means kind of plan that uh, she was going to beat him up and get some whales out of him in order to save the people. 
save her. But people. now she can't because yeah. Finn and Jake have released Ice King. But PB is upset, and 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 Finn I think tries to explain to her why he's done what he's done, and then offers to go get the whales from Ice King voluntarily, which maybe is what PB should have done from the beginning, but. This is something that, that we'll put a pin in, and the show will dive into much more in, in later seasons. But this is the first, I think, real appearance of authoritarian Princess Bubblegum. Okay, yeah. I mean, she does say that she she did go and ask him for the whales. There's a whole cutscene where she flies over there where, on the rainicorn. And, right. Uh, and so she says, you know, I tried it that way. But yeah. that didn't work. And so then she immediately went to the torture route, which is... A leap, I think. But yeah, I think you're right. She she went full authoritarian on him after after a small failure, after a small setback. She will do whatever it takes to do what she believes is keeping her people safe. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, that implicates all kinds of arguments from our society today, you know, and sacrificing liberty in the name of security. Bubblegum isn't interested in anything really in this episode except for keeping her people safe. And so if if it takes torturing the Ice King to to make them better, then that's what she's gonna do. Yeah. Oh yeah. There this thing this episode was dripping with metaphor. That's for sure. Yeah. And she says, Oh well I did try to get it, you know, get him to wail voluntarily and I think that any CIA torturer would tell you that sure. he, you know he tried to get ISIS to talk or whatever, but ultimately, for me anyway, this sort of authoritarian justification for her actions falls pretty flat. I'm kind of with Finn on this one. Yeah, no, I am too. So Finn decides that he's going to get those whales a different route. He's going to play on the emotions of Ice King. By, by pretending to be the friend that the Ice King imagines them to be. Right, so he heads out with Jake to the Ice Kingdom to obtain the whales through a sort of subterfuge where uh, he comes to the Ice Kingdom and says, hey, let's hang out, we're bosoms or best friends or whatever we are. Yeah, and the Ice King is, is more than willing to be, best, to be bosoms. He's got a puzzle or something? No, like a board game he wants to play? Yeah, they're gonna, he wants to play a board game. Yeah. And um, he ends up being... So Finn also tries to get him to voluntarily wail, but Ice King is just so thrilled and tickled by the fact that he has friends that he can't wail without giggling. Right. And so then Finn plays on the same emotion but in a different way by feigning his own death. He, 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 he takes advantage of a moment where the Ice King swats a bug... Well, what he thinks is a bug, it's actually Jake in tiny form. But the Ice King swats a bug off of off of Finn, and Finn takes that to pretend that the Ice King has fatally wounded him. And not just that, but betrayed their friendship. Right. And this, this play act elicits the appropriate whale from the Ice King because he is crushed that he has lennied the heck out of this friendship right <laughs> and then i think that is i mean i think then he is and i think we learn very quickly that those pained whales that he elis- the, that he uh, spouts out may not have been in honor of his fallen friend finn but more of right. a selfish of a selfish origin because he then as soon as he's done whaling literally drops finn's quote-unquote lifeless body to the earth and, and then he tells gunther to get 
get Finn's corpse out of there. <laughs> yep. Immediately, he once he once he has once Finn can no longer provide friendship or any kind of satisfaction to the Ice King, the Ice King drops it like drops Finn like a piece of trash. Yeah, whatever utility uh, the Ice King was getting out of Finn has has now depleted, and so Ice King is no longer interested in him. I think it. It demonstrates how Ice King can be a sociopathic narcissist, but he does actually have real feelings. Right. They just all revolve solely around his experience in the world. He 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 is incapable of caring about anyone else or understanding situations through anyone else's eyes or thoughts or feelings. And so his wails, while genuine, are not, like you said, for, for Finn, but just for himself because he was so happy to have a friend, and now that friend is gone— and so I'm going to be sad for a second, but then, well, move right on. Yeah. So the 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 town is the the villagers are saved. The whales of the Ice King reach the Candy Kingdom and cure everybody. And Finn and Jake head off into the sunset for another adventure some other time. But I think let's uh, let's do, let's 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 unpack this episode a little bit. I was going to say, after watching this episode, I realized that we've. In this show, we've covered several different economic or governmental, what would I call them? What, what, what's Marxism? Is it a, it's a theory? No. What? Yeah, yeah. So there are all kinds of political themes at work here. Yeah. And I think exploring whether the, the theory behind authoritarianism or a more libertarian approach to justice. Oh, and also, I should note that um, when, while the Ice King is in jail, Finn calls out, like, a couple of magical creatures or items, like the um, the something or other of penitence and the right. other thing of rehabilitation. The shelf of which rehabilitation, is like, yeah. Yeah, which is, like, day one criminal law in law school is, like, you know, what's our theory for criminal justice? Why is it okay to punish people? Are we trying to segregate them from society? Are we trying to reform them so that uh-huh. they can re-enter society? You know, what makes it morally acceptable to lock someone in a cage? And so we get we get quick nods to each of those theories, but really this is more about uh, what someone has to, what acts someone has to have committed in order to be deserving of punishment, whatever the point of that punishment. And particularly punishment by the state. Yes, yeah, you were, it was the Oculus of rehabilitation, which is just a <laughs> which is just a giant eye that shouts at him to be better, right? <laughs> um, yeah, so so in this episode we've got I, I think you're right we've got authoritarianism uh, sort of versus libertarianism, and in the past in um, the businessman episode we had I think we had capitalism being it, it wasn't really capitalism versus Marxism it was more of a Send it was up. a critique of capitalism, I think. It was a critique of capital. It was a critique of capitalism with an implied sort of maybe um, uh, approval of of a more socialist viewpoint. But um, yeah, I mean, we we're cover we're covering a lot here. Yeah, I think we have uh, sort of a libertarian take on criminal justice, but also Finn's essentially making a due process argument, like. I know that this is a bad guy and he deserves to be locked up probably, but for now we can't prove that he's done anything and so we can't lock him up. Yeah, um, and that's just a due process argument. Yeah. Civil liberties are being infringed upon here. Uh, right. Yeah. Without without the the state, in this case Princess Bubblegum and her enforcers, Finn and Jake, without them having given him any sort of trial or 
even made any attempt to prove that he has done anything wrong. Now, although in our in our justice system, if someone inadvertently set a plague upon a town, what is that punishable? You know? Yeah. Well, it probably depends whether it was like a is it negligence or is it. Yeah, well, and it also probably depends whether it's, like, a corporation that, you know, like, (laughs) the EPA regulations didn't make them keep their super bug tight tight enough, and then it got out, and then I think a corporation is probably going to get away with it, you know, these things happen, but if it were, I I don't know how, (laughs) like, a powerless person would manage to inadvertently unleash a plague upon a, a, a city, but uh, that person is much less likely to get away with it if they can't make some sort of argument about how, well, you know, I, I was just over here trying to make money, and if people got in the way of the super bug that I was developing, that's you know, that's awful. But you know, can't get in the way of my making money. Yeah, I'm trying to imagine the individual actor who uh, who inadvertently <laughs> plagues a town, like like the person who thinks anthrax is cool is like doesn't understand anthrax should not be put into snow globes or something like that. <laughs> right. Like, I was just giving snow globes to a bunch of people. Here in Missouri, actually, they recently or it's been years now, but there have been various appeals. There is a law that criminalizes the transmission of HIV. I think that the the law requires it to be knowing, but I could easily see it being written to require just sort of recklessness or negligence. Uh, mm-hmm. And there you do have an individual actor who is spreading a disease, and the law says that you'll be locked up if you if you don't tell someone that you are about to transmit the virus uh, before you do those sorts of things that transmit the uh, HIV virus. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I can also see that... I mean, we have like we have charges on like involuntary manslaughter, like things right. where you know, even if you didn't mean to, if the if you end up killing someone, there's there's reckoning to be had. So it's we, I only brought that up that like you know this is all based on the concept that the Ice King did nothing wrong, when like I don't know, he's 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 essentially a narcissistic child as well. Like there would be some sort of like probably mental health defense that he could play <laughs> yes. play, for, play for this one but anywho uh yeah like like we're saying like you are definitely i'm with you that finn is making the due process argument where princess bubblegum represents an authoritarian state in this in this episode and that's interesting to hear that uh that doesn't go away later. no it doesn't this is this i thought was was big because having watched the rest of the show when i saw this episode i was like oh okay here she comes um, okay. because we do see authoritarian princess bubblegum come back later on okay yeah i mean and like so to have a to have an authoritarian regime run underneath a leader known as princess bubblegum that's uh that's some that's some dope shit yeah and especially because so many times in fantasy novels or whatever, we we have these monarchic governments that are totally unquestioned. Yeah. You know, just, well, he's the king, and he's here's the good king, here's the bad king, and you do what the good king says, and you fight the bad king. But there's not necessarily any examination of why exactly we have to listen to any king in the first place. Because it's, so uh, it's so damn nice to be so simple, Pat. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's so easy. Yeah, I don't have to make any decisions for myself if the king of the north is making them for me, I suppose. Yeah, I mean... And he'll protect me. He'll keep me safe. He'll do whatever it takes. 
he was chosen, you know, he, he, he pulled a sword out of a rock. And that's, it's hard to argue against that. That's, I mean, now we're just, now we're like verging on a Monty Python sketch, but you know, uh, <laughs> the, yeah, I mean, this is, this is definitely, this is fantasy is the, yeah, the trope of the, the monarchic government. Yeah, but we are not getting through this show without examining exactly what goes on even in the good monarchies. Totally. And I, uh, I appreciate that. I can, I, can, I can appreciate that. And is why I'm giving this episode as well a thumbs up. Yep, I also really enjoyed this one. So I, I think the show is really hitting its stride. We've got two episodes left in the first season. So where you at? Uh, uh, we're, we're riding, we're riding a streak into the, into the postseason here. Like we are, we're, we're doing, we're doing well, I would say. And I have to say the discussions we are having, it's taking a little meta thought about the podcast here. I'm enjoying the discussions we're having about these episodes more than earlier on. And, you know, apologies for people who had to listen to those early ones, but, (laughs) uh, thanks for sticking with us. And but I think that uh, I am now too starting to appreciate the extra level narratives being discussed. Yep, I was really trying hard to read shit into the show from the very beginning, and I think sometimes I was unsuccessful in pulling you along with me. But I think the the overarching themes that we're exploring uh, in these later episodes are fairly undeniable. Indeed, thanks for. Thanks for riding with us along along the way, podcast listeners. Whoever you are. Whoever you are. All s- you know what? I'm going to assume by now that we're super popular. I'm going to say like millions of people. By the time okay. this episode airs, I'm, I'm going right. to set the over under at a million. Well, then we have to decide where we're going to put the me undies at. <laughs> I think you just did. I think we just did it. Well, I don't. I'm not sure we have a natural spot for it to go in, but we'll figure it out. They're they're made from uh, super soft micromodal fabric, and they look <laughs> anyway. damn fantastic. The last thing I'll say is uh, I'm looking forward to the last two. I, I want to know how the season wraps itself up. Yeah, so I think what we'll do is we'll watch the next two episodes for episode 14 of the podcast, and then episode 15 will be sort of a end of season one special, where yeah. we won't talk about any episodes in particular, but we'll. A behind the uh, rose, if you will, or whatever they call those. Right. What do they call those last Bachelor episodes? Yeah, we'll we'll examine the the season as a whole uh-huh. here on uh, our podcast, which we call Podventure Time. And before we go, I need to, of course, shout out to my good friend Will Yates. Uh, our theme song is Date Night from his EP I Know the Feeling. And guess what? Will Yates just put out a new EP of electronic music. You can get that on Bandcamp. It's just willyates.bandcamp.com. So go get I Know the Feeling and go get his new IP, which is called Lifestyle Editor. Thank you, Will. Yeah. Until next time, this has been Podventure Time, and I've been Pat. And I've been Ben. All right, we'll see you next time. We'll call them Slappy D's. Slappy D's.